Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. If you're a regular listener uh, or someone who watches regularly on YouTube, welcome back. Appreciate you uh, sticking with the uh, show here. And uh, if you're new, hey, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, We're on all the popular social media uh, platforms out there, all the popular podcast platforms, and you can watch this podcast on YouTube. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, give me some feedback, give me some ideas, uh, book a guide trip, whatever, go to the website, DieterMelhornFishing.com. And that has links to everything on there. Whether you're watching, listening, you can figure out how to get back and forth of those things. And there's also contact information on there on how to get a hold of me. Yes, I do guided fishing trips in the Carolinas, uh, mainly on the Catawba River chain of lakes. So, uh, yeah, in this area, if you're ever in the area and want to fish, hit me up. We will go. Today, we're going to talk about spring catfishing and catching spring catfish and what is going on right now uh, out there. You know, based on what I've seen, what typically happens and what most people, you know, can kind of expect. You know, as it warms up, people want to get outside. And, uh, you know, a lot of you guys, certain parts of the country, man, you don't get to get out much in the wintertime unless you're snowmobiling or ice fishing. So, you know, this is a welcome change in the temperatures. And, you know, listen, it, it, even here where we get to fish year-round, uh, it's nice to see things warm up. It's nice to not have to bundle up and be cold every morning when you go out and, you know, hope for sunshine during the day. But, you know, it doesn't go, we don't flip a switch generally and go from winter to spring. Uh, generally, there's a little bit of an up and down, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about first is, um, you know, some of the ups and downs. I call it the yo-yo effect. I've done some videos on my YouTube channel kind of talking about about this alluding to this and it's a um you know it it, it it's good one day it's bad the next um or it, it may be good for a few days and it slows back down you know this is really start to see this people really start to get fired up you know a lot of times in march we'll have a warm streak a really warm streak in march and it's like man spring's here and then next thing you know boom bottom drops out on the temperatures it gets cold what little bit of a good bite was starting slam shut and you know you're back down again trying to claw your way out of those colder temperatures and you know by the taping and airing of this it's going to be mid-april uh so it's a little bit we're into kind of what i call the good zone uh one of the things i've talked about in some of these youtube videos is um you know, hitting that magic mark to where that temperature, that water temperature starts to hold above 60 degrees. At least for us in the southeast over much of the country, that 60 degree mark is kind of like a magic number, especially when it comes to flatheads waking up and moving. Blues starting to really feed aggressively pre-spawn. And even the channel cats, they're starting to show up. So uh, I always tell my, my rule of thumb is if you look at your almanac uh, or any of you folks that are gardeners, farmers out there, you've got that last freeze date uh it's kind of that historical date at which there's not going to be any more freezes or frost varies depending on where you're at in the country further north you go the later that is where i'm at it's around april 15th and 
I've always used that as kind of a little benchmark, you know. Uh, pretty much after that, the fishing is pretty consistent in relationship to the water temperature. Now, before that, you know, if, if it's, you know, March 25th and it gets warm and that water temperature is climbing up there, you know, above 60 degrees and you're like, man, it's getting ready to happen. You know, crappie are going to the bank. They're going to be spawning here in a week. The flatheads are going to be waking up. Inevitably, you get one of those cold snaps that happens. And, uh, you know, we always laugh about it. It's like, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we had it this year. Uh, you know, and that leads to that up and down kind of yo-yo effect with what's going on. Here we're right now, mid-April. Things are starting to trend, you know, in a good upward direction. I have not seen water temperatures drop back below 60. So uh, they're kind of holding above it. I doubt that they will. Uh, another thing you can look at just, you know, data-wise out there that's readily available is what the average temperature is, the daily mean temperature. I've talked about that before. Uh, you go to uh, the NOAA website in your area, they'll usually give you the data or that, or sometimes they put it on the weather radio. Uh, they'll, you know, you know, the average mean temperature was whatever. That's basically your average between your highs and your lows and how that, you know, translates out over, you know, a day. And that usually is pretty close to what your surface temperatures are on the water. So... Uh, as you see that start to average, start to go up, and there's all kinds of charts and stuff that track this historically. It gives you something to kind of look at, aim for, hope for, wait for. And I say all that to say that not everybody has as much time to fish as I do. They're not on the water as much. Their life is not built around it. So they have to pick and choose, you know, when they're going to try to maybe plan a vacation, plan some days off. And Knowing kind of when this is going to happen can help people out. So that's why I kind of throw all this out there for you, for you guys to kind of keep in mind. Uh, you know, for me, it's second nature, man. I'm just, you know, I meet up with fishing. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's it's 24-7. The wheels are turning about something all the time. And that's just one of the little cogs in the wheel there is, is just, you know, what's going on water temperature-wise. But, you know, another thing that comes into play there when it comes to ups and downs and the yo-yo effect is the spring rains and fronts that we get coming through. Uh, you know, it's a time of the year when you get a lot of volatility with stuff moving in. Uh, across the south, you'll see these lines of tornadoes. A lot of you guys have been hit by these things. God bless you. There's been some people's had their homes and towns tore apart. And, you know, you get some violent weather. You get some heavy rain sometimes that's come in. We've had that already this year. And those rains can lead to big rises in rivers and lakes. And, you know, on the rising water, when the water's coming in, it can be some good fishing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a front coming through, brought a lot of rain, uh, about an inch and a half, two inches of rain. And leading up to it, coming into it, when the water's rising, it's good fishing. But as our lakes got to full pond, uh, which is basically the full point on them, and they started dropping them, one, we had a lot of mud coming through, which in a reservoir, I think, has a different effect than some of you guys in a river where it's kind of constantly stained. But that water started to drop it, and they tried to drop it quickly, so they're in position to accommodate the next front that comes through with the weather. And, uh, man, this will put the brakes on some fishing. Uh, it, will, it will put a halt on the bite. Not everywhere, not totally, but it makes fishing difficult when they start dropping water like that and you know you get a bad combination of uh falling water muddy water 
which that also changes the pH and everything else in the water. And a lot of times with these fronts that come through, you'll get a drop in the water temperature because it's cold rain, that influx of cold water. It's a bad combination. I actually reached out to several people I had guide trips planned with and said, hey, it's getting bad. It's probably going to get worse. Do you want to reschedule? Several of them we rescheduled. Now, the good news is that generally speaking, on the back side of these, the recovery time is not as bad as it is like in the wintertime. Uh, when you have one of these events in the wintertime, it could put the brakes on some fishing for a while because you've got already cold you know, water temperatures and then you're going to have this rain event happen and it can really make things tough for a while. Whereas in the spring, you know, it's, it's, it's like healing when you're old. Healing when you're old takes a little longer. Healing when you're young, spring chicken, it's kind of quick. And that's kind of what we've experienced over the last couple of weeks has been that, you know, we had that rain event and, you know, that happened, water dropped, water got kind of clear, water temperatures are back in the low to mid-60s. The bite has been phenomenal for the past four trips that we've been running this week. So, uh, you know, that's the ups and downs that you kind of have to pay attention to. And, you know, it's just, the, you know, the, the thing with, with the spring, keep an eye on the weather. you got to watch the weather in the springtime. Kind of as a fisherman and angler, you're kind of watching it all the time. Uh, but, you know, especially, you know, in the springtime, it makes a difference. And now, any of you guys that watch a lot of videos, the YouTube videos on the YouTube channel, will know that past several years, I have been using chicken a lot as bait. We're going to kind of talk about some of the bait strategies here in the spring. Uh, and yes, I have used chicken. I still use chicken. I will continue to use chicken. Uh, pardon me as I dig a pen out here in my pocket uh, or my cup. Uh, but springtime is when I make the switch over to cut bait. Now, I've still got some on the boat, still got it in the cooler. But it seems like my theory on all this is, and don't get me wrong, you can cut, cut bait works any time of the year, period. Uh, but there are some circumstances that are a little bit different in the way I fish in the springtime. A lot of times... I'm anchored up in places and not drifting, covering water. And a lot of times these places I'm anchored up, especially when those temperatures get above 60 degrees, I'm kind of looking for flatheads. We've got flatheads in our reservoirs here. I like to catch them. They're fun fish. They're just that beautifully ugly fish that everybody wants to catch and everybody likes to, you know, uh, you know, put their hands on. I had a guy today on a guide trip. Uh, we went out targeting them, uh, first fish in the boat, had a nice uh, uh, nice flathead, 20-pound uh, range. First flathead he's ever caught, only one he's ever caught before. So it was automatically a personal best flathead, but it was also great for him to see it and, you know, hold it, see how you know their mouths are. If you haven't caught flatheads before, they're kind of unique and in one, just the shape of their body and the way they're built. Uh, their fins really don't poke you, uh, unlike, you know, other catfish that have, you know, kind of sharp spines on them. Flatheads a lot less likely to poke you, and they have very little crushing power. They have a huge mouth. You can put a basketball in it, but uh, the crushing power of the mouth is nowhere near as bad as the blue, which has torn these thumbs and fingers up as I was stupid picking them up. But anyway, I digress. The the flatheads are what I'm targeting. A lot of times that means anchoring up near some kind of structure and, uh, uh, you know, some type of change, whether it be, you know, a pier, you know, the supports on the pier, a pile of rocks, a steep drop, a rock bluff, a rock pile. 
even some brush piles that crappie fishermen put out, you will find these flatheads around those areas. And uh, we don't have great numbers of them, so I think you're better off anchoring up. And that's why I anchor up in a lot of these places. And is why I use cut bait over the chicken, because my thinking is, is that most of these fish that are feeding on chicken are feeding in areas where they're feeding on mussels. So uh, sometimes those places are not always the same. So that's why I go with cut bait more this time of the year. Now, with that said, the past two trips, we have been anchoring up early, fishing, catching flatheads. And then as the bite started to wane and these fish moved off into deeper water, we went to drifting and we put chicken out on half and cut bait on half. And ironically, the biggest fish on both the trips ended up coming on chicken once we started drifting. But... Uh, I just say all that to say that I used to cut back uh, a lot more this time of the year. You'll see a lot more in the videos as you start watching. Uh, I just think these fish are aggressively feeding. They're feeding, I mean, let's face it, big fish feed on fish. And uh, even medium-sized catfish feed on fish. And uh, that's where most of their diet and their food comes from. Why are we not fishing live bait? Well, you can fish live bait if you want to. Uh, and, you know, most of the fish that they're eating out there are alive. Catfish don't have a fillet knife, so they, they don't eat fillets typically. Uh, you know, the only ones they're getting uh, as far as fillets, cut bait chunks and all that stuff is what we cut off and give to them. So, uh, you know, it, it's natural for them to eat fish. The downside to using fish is, one, live fish is, you know, instead of getting two, three, four, five pieces of bait, you've got one piece. Now, if you've got a t real abundance of live bait, go for it. Do what you want to. Uh, but, you know, it just gives you more options on the bait. The other thing is you really need those baits moving and somewhat active to bring fish in compared to the cut bait, which is going to spread scent because it's opened up so that the fluids and stuff are into the water and it, it, it helps create a little more of a scent trail, a little more for the fish to key in on. But, you know, that's the biggest reason we use. A lot of people swear by cut bait and I do use it. I have put it out on some trips. Um, uh, I actually taped a video the other day where I had cut a uh, live bait out. I'm sorry. Side by side with cut bait, and we never caught a fish on it. I think yesterday's guide trip, I may put a live bait out, and we ended up catching a nice blue on it. But it's, you know, I, I just, I like going with some type of fish this time of year and that can be whatever you've got in your waters you know if you've got skipjack where you're at go with that if you've got gizzard shad if you can use game fish like bluegill crappie bass any of that any of that work if you've got asian carp where you're at use those things they're great for bait so springtime i like you know upsizing the bait a little bit especially now as it starts to warm i think some of these flatheads are a little more aggressive in their feeding patterns and i think it's a good time to go with it now what about stink bait you know some of you guys are not you know really hardcore into chasing catfish and catching them and uh you know you may not have access to cut bait and uh, be able to throw a cast standard depending on where you're fishing you just you don't maybe you don't have time so you know, some of the stink bait, manufactured baits. Honestly, I don't think our temperatures are to where they need to be yet. I think that stuff works better once you get into some 70 degree water. And I may be totally wrong on this and totally off base. But the people I know that use it seem to do better in the summertime with it once it warms up. Now, it is a big magnet for channel catfish. You will catch a lot more channel catfish on it. Blues will hit it flatheads a lot less likely it's just like with the chicken um 
blues and channels are a lot more likely to hit chicken than flatheads are. And I think that's because flatheads don't feed on that many mussels and, you know, aquatic snails and that kind of stuff as blues and channels do. And I think the sting bait, for whatever reason, I think it's just not something if you're trying to catch flathead that I would be going with. Plus, I'd wait. Given until maybe June, until we get above 70 degrees, not June, but uh, later in April into May, temperatures are going to be warming up. If you want to use that stuff, give it a shot then once it warms up a little bit. So, uh, what should you avoid this time of the year? Uh, well, uh, the biggest thing is, honestly, from what I've seen right now, and this is not true everywhere, but deep water. Um, I know everybody has the tendency to want to go to the deepest part of the place you're fishing. And maybe in some places where there's a lot of river current and you're looking for deep holes that fish can duck out of stuff, that may come into play. But in areas where it's not really swift current, if you're on lakes or reservoirs, uh, there's a lot of catfish being caught near the bank. And, you know within casting distance of somebody that's fishing on the bank and you know this is for a lot of reasons one that water's warming up quicker two you've got a lot of bait fish like shad gizzard shad threadfin shad running those banks doing their spawning thing uh, you've got fish like crappie and bluegill that are moving up shallow into the shallower water near the bank that are either spawning or pre-spawn or coming off the spawn bass the same way they're coming off their spawn there's a lot of activity up shallow now so Trying to hit that super deep water, uh, that deep hole, that deep hole at the dam, that deep hole out there in the river channel, probably not the best thing to do right now. Uh, that is one of the things I would say to, you know, avoid trying. Avoid using uh, stink bait. Avoid trying to hit that super deep water. There's going to come a time where that will come more into play. And listen, one thing to keep in mind. The, these are not absolutes everywhere you go and everywhere you fish. So, depending on the body of water, the given day, if all you've got is a deep hole where you've got access to fish, maybe you're fishing off a pier or off a bank, you may be able to catch a fish there. Go fish. I mean, you don't know what's happening in the dynamic of what's going on in your fishery. I'm just thinking, you know, talking in generalities here as far as what you need to do, what you kind of need to think about. And, uh, you know, some stuff to keep in mind there. Those are That's the biggest thing I would probably avoid you know doing right now the other thing is parking too long in one spot i think we're into that time period right now uh where spending too much time in one place trying to wait out inactive fish is probably a bad idea uh, most of the places i'm running into now anchoring up i'm there about 45 minutes which is longer than a lot of a lot of a lot of running gun guys do uh, i'll give it about 30 45 minutes and generally speaking in these areas you know if fish are there sure if you're marking some fish and they're inactive you can wait them out and you know you may have to sit there for an hour and a half and you know hour and a half you finally get bit that can happen but generally thing to avoid this time of the year i would say is too much running and gunning or uh sitting in one place too long a little more running and gunning is a positive thing uh you know we now we sat in a place this morning for two and a half hours but the deal was we were catching fish every 20 to 30 minutes and good fish so when that's happening it's worth sitting there and waiting uh you know and what i do is we'll fish that and once you hadn't got a bite in like 20 minutes i'll set the timer for another 30 and if we don't get bit or catch a fish we're up and out of there so you know, it's okay to be patient and it's okay to park and camp when you're getting hit. 
But uh, if you have the ability in a boat or on the bank, uh, even if it means moving your bait around, uh, if you're on the bank and you can't really cover a big area, if you've got baits pinned down in a certain area, maybe you're fishing near the bank, you're not getting hit, put some stuff out deeper. Uh, go 180 degrees in another direction if you have that ability, depending on what the setup is where you're at. Uh, down the road, what's going to happen here ahead of us in the next few weeks as we go into May? Uh, I think the fishing is going to continue to get good. Uh, it's going to get better and better. It's going to get more and more consistent. We will have ups and downs. One of the things I'm telling the people on the boat right now is, you know, I've got people wanting to rebook trips already because we've had such a good little streak here this week. But it's like I tell them, you know, bad bites don't last forever. You know, when the bite's bad, it's not going to last forever. But neither neither do good bites. Stuff comes in waves, and I don't know why that is. It's rare that you see a bite just last for a month of great fishing. There's going to be ups and downs, you know, ebbs and flows. So you kind of have to keep that in mind. But generally speaking, now is the time to be fishing up until sometime end of May into June. And that's when we get into that spawn zone. And uh, it's always a nervous time for me booking guide trips because people are out of school then in June. They're wanting to go fishing. Uh, you know, kids are out. People got time off for work. They got vacation. And it's probably not the best time to go. And I let a lot of a lot of people are adamant about going that time of the year. And I'm very honest with them and upfront with them and just let them know, hey, it may not be good fishing. So, you know, if they have some flexibility, we'll try to reschedule them if it's like really hideously slow. Uh, but that's kind of the end game there that you're looking at going into the early part of June. And honestly, that's pretty much true around most of the country. Uh a little bit of it's water temperature driven, but honestly, by that point, it doesn't matter. More of this spawn is driven by uh, the amount of daylight that the fish have. That's kind of more their barometer than what the water temperature is doing. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're looking at. You know, rest of April going into May, it's a good time to get out and fish. It's a good time to try out new gear, new techniques of fishing because your odds of catching fish are pretty good. So if you've got something new you're wanting to try, maybe a new bait, some kind of new rig, man, it's 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 a good time to be doing that and a good time to be out on the water. So uh, that kind of encapsulates a lot of the fishing videos that I've done lately and will have out here in the coming weeks. Uh, the only difference is you don't get to see me catch any fish and seeing this stuff uh, in play. But if you want to see any of that, obviously, uh, either subscribing on the YouTube channel or go to the YouTube channel if you're listening to the podcast. And you can actually see some of this uh stuff in play we've got uh, some pretty good ones coming out there's a, a couple of flathead videos and uh you know some stuff with some different baits some stuff with some bank rigs and all that kind of stuff and uh trying to do more podcasts i have been extremely busy um it's been crazy work-wise it's uh we you know with the guide trips scheduling the guide stuff creating the content for youtube and dedicating the days to do that and then a lot of the video production stuff we do because i do that for a living also i basically have three different little hustles here and we create you know uh, a lot of video content marketing content for different companies and tv networks so we got all that going on so it's a juggling act but i'm blessed by god above to be able to do what i do and to be able to juggle it and Hopefully, I can keep on doing and keep that ball rolling, and hopefully, you guys can hang around and enjoy it, and maybe give you a little bit of food for thought that will help you catch some fish next time you're out there. So, until next time, thanks for watching. 
Thanks for listening. We'll catch you out on the water.